Hello folks and welcome to another wonderful episode at the storyline. We all have had these moments where there is definitely a thought which runs through our minds where we've always wanted to start something on our own. Entrepreneurship requires a set of skills and it's not everyone's cup of tea or maybe it is. So let's find out what it takes to set up your own company and joining us with today is a special guest Mr Karthik R who will be talking about the nuances of setting up your own firm as a designer as an architect and what it really takes and what his journey has been like through the years Karthik is an architect by profession and he set up his practice called the Tangent Studio in the year 2016 Having over 7 years of experience in architecture and interior designing, he has handled varied scaled and types of projects, from conventional concrete structures to sustainable eco-friendly structures. He is an avid networker and has been an active member of BNI. He has held various positions at the organizations and has helped the fellow entrepreneurs in their businesses. He has taught and also loved to be the juror at many architectural schools. He has a very keen interest on entrepreneurship, leadership and management and a firm believer of the entrepreneurial mindset. He has spoken about networking and entrepreneurship at various varied platforms and it is a complete pleasure to have with us in conversation today architect Karthik R. Okay so we have on board with us um Karthik R and I think I've told you all a formal introduction of our entrepreneur who's on bo- board with us today so Karthik if you were given a chance to introduce yourself to our audience today how would you do it Okay uh, a little interesting um uh, I am Karthik I'm a designer I'm not sure if I should be uh, introducing myself as an entrepreneur so but i would definitely identify myself as a designer uh, i run a practice called uh, tangent studio uh, which is based out in bangalore and uh, we are into uh, multi scale uh, projects so right from a small scale residential uh, uh, space to a uh, high rise structure and we've handled various scales of projects and uh, various types of projects so be it a conventional concrete uh, structure or uh, a sustainable eco friendly homes and we've been in the practice now for about 5 years and i have a personal experience of about 7 years uh hello yes we are connected oh, okay sorry <laughs> yeah uh, and i'm in uh, i i like to network with people i am part mm-hmm. of different uh, networking organizations i am part of bni which is a business networking organization which is mainly uh, help which is there to help out uh, growing entrepreneurs to help their uh, in their businesses and you know have a a very positive growth in their own businesses mm-hmm. and i'm also active part of uh, rotary club of pinya which is a youth wing of rotary organizations uh, i have held uh, various positions in both these uh, organizations Uh, at the board level and at the uh, top level as well and i have taught 
uh, architecture at architectural schools and i've also been a juror at a uh, few architectural schools mm-hmm. i have a very uh, keen interest on entrepreneurship uh, leadership management and i'm mm-hmm. a very strong believer of the entrepreneurial mindset and i hope to bring about and explore more about the entrepreneurial mindset during this conversation okay perfect thank you for coming on board we are looking forward to having a more fruitful conversation with you just um i i'm just a little curious what is the story behind naming your studio tangents studio okay uh, the story behind uh, why we actually started tangents was you know uh, to start a practice where you know we would want to be more of the client centric uh, than to be a specific uh, style oriented or you know a specific uh, technique oriented uh, practice and uh, we also thought you know uh, it's better to implement the uh, right design practices uh, at the right times you know so that the uh, common tip of where you know uh, the clients requirements uh, their ideas and at the same time putting the right uh, design practices and the best techniques which are there in the market put together is where the idea of tangents began mhm okay so it was to bring the very present current scenario of architecture and design right if i'm not wrong uh yes pretty much uh, uh again the, the whole point was you know uh, we have uh, being an architect myself and you know being worked at uh, architectural uh, uh, firms and practices uh, mm-hmm. one of the common uh, point you know uh, where a lot of discussion would trigger you know whether uh, be from the architects a pra- point of perspective you know would the client like it or not you know this is some kind of uh, uh, design concept the client probably would not like or you know would not probably be ready for and at the same time the client also would be very skeptical about implement those design techniques or probably the design concepts which might not suit their requirement right so right. B- both of them are you know uh, tra- trying very hard to find that balance so that that is where the whole idea of tangents began a uh, tangent being a point in a circle right where uh, a line meets the one uh, a point in a circle okay. so that's where you know we want to uh, get into a common point where we can actually address the client's requirements and their problems mm-hmm. uh, giving them a solution with the uh, right design practices and a good design sense okay perfect So when did this whole uh, journey with design and architecture begin for you? Did you always know you wanted to be an architect and most importantly did you ever know you'd own a firm of your own? When did that journey sort of begin? Uh honestly I don't exactly remember when uh, I started developing uh the passion towards architecture. Probably I didn't even know uh, what's uh, what what's architecture, you know. I just loved mm-hmm. designing and I used to uh, like or uh love designing uh, buildings or you know, I, i used to just sketch uh a small houses you know a city like a small uh, uh a, a neighborhood like a, <laughs> a small city townscape or all these things during my childhood right so that's when uh it started and as as i grew up and i started having a group of friends and i started talking to different people during uh you know uh, your uh, school days that's right. when i started exploring what architecture is and you know, that's when i got to figure out you know this uh, a specialized uh, streamlined called architecture which helps you in designing spaces designing urban spaces all around you so that's when uh, i started exploring more about architecture i started reading about it i started 
seeing different architectural places uh, mm-hmm. i mean we would go on a uh, tour with our family friends and then i used to uh, visit all the places there explore the architectural styles there you know uh, different elements there i mean the the kind of uh, uh buildings and the spaces that we are all surrounded with that that kind that kind of fascinated me so that's where uh, i got into architecture okay uh, so you always felt like you have that skill of observation so i think for me as an architect personally how i look at um the person i was before becoming an architect and after becoming an architect is completely different right like we completely mold into our own kind of personalities So what has changed for you since the time you've become an architect? We've had this conversation before. Yes. I've spoken to you about how it's irresistible when you go to a place and not have an opinion about the color scheme, the beam and the column, right? So what has changed very for true. you after you became an architect? Uh, very true, very true. A couple of things which has been very uh, dominant, uh, dominantly changed in my personal lifestyle as well. so one is you become very observant right so before yeah. you are an architect when you start practicing right so even during your uh, schooling in architecture you see things right you don't necessarily observe things but once you get into practice and once you start practicing architecture you become more observant so you mm-hmm. start observing things than just seeing things right so and that somewhere also uh, transforms into your personal lifestyle as well you know you just don't start seeing things as they are right you know you start observing things you 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 see what's there in front of you then you start analyzing it you know things like these they do change and the other thing which is kind of definitely changed and made a huge difference is mm-hmm. uh, architect uh, after starting your independent practice what i learned is architecture is just not about designing spaces right when you start being an architect uh you you become just more than that uh mm-hmm. you you i mean uh you start becoming a pro- project manager you start handling different stakeholders you start interacting with different people your communication skill develop, uh, improves mm-hmm. your interaction with the social community improves you start seeing what's there around you then the technology that is there Uh, mm-hmm. with you you know which you can leverage uh, to just uh, you know the benefit of your practice and help make a better designing community so you start uh, becoming a better person and you st- you start uh, think you start thinking like uh, more of an all rounder right you start mm-hmm. thinking of various aspects whereas before and um, if you were an architecture student or if you were uh, in that transitional phase you would just probably be uh, amused by the way how you can just uh, design spaces or you know just convert that white paper into something very interesting and colorful but once oh, you yeah, start yeah. practicing you start observing it's just about not about designing spaces but it's about the interaction with the people the communication skills that you need to have the negotiation skills the uh, uh, different technological uh, abnish that you will have to do within yourself all these things definitely uh, came as a surprise and you know we've been juggling all around it yeah i think something that i've also understood that design is not about you right it's so many other things we somewhere make it very self centric that i'm the designer so you think it revolves around the person who designs it but there's so many layers to designing like you said there's so many people you're constantly interacting with there are a lot of practical aspects also which uh, come to it so considering 
uh, right now, as we are anyway talking about entrepreneurship, what do you think is the best and the worst part of being an entrepreneur in the 21st century in a year like 2021? <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Uh, being an entrepreneur is like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the non-entrepreneurs always feel, you know, the entrepreneurs are leading the best life, you know, they're having the, uh, I mean, they're living the life of uh, uh, the golden life, right? Yeah. Uh, they feel, you know, we can fix the, our own routines, the schedules, the calendars, right? And whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they also think, you know, the entrepreneurs can decide what to do and what not to do. I mean, in, in other words, uh, entrepreneurs have a lot of freedom, right? In they, I mean, they have a lot of freedom in what they want to do and, you know, what they can choose not to. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, the entrepreneur always feels you know, that non-entrepreneurs have a very smooth, secured life. You know, they have a very planned life, you know, a very pleasant one, a joyful mm-hmm. one, etc. You know, that is always there. Like I said, the grass is always green on the other side. But the most uh, good thing that happened to me and uh, as an entrepreneur is like, you know, how you learn to deal with failures, right? Yeah. So you learn to deal with uncertainty, right? I mean, uh, I always feel you can fight against anything but the biggest fight is the fight against uncertainty right you can oh, yeah. you just can't win over uncertainty and mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur every day is uncertain you know you you don't know whom you are going to meet you don't know whom you are going to talk to you do not know which project is going to which way like anything can happen at any point of time right yeah so that fight against uncertainty is what one of the great things that you can learn being an entrepreneur and every project or you know every deal that you take up right you're uncertain that you may be landed with it or not you know yeah. uh, when it doesn't happen you you kind of figure out you know why it didn't go that way and, and you move on and you eventually move on right so this mm-hmm. acceptance comes very easily and very naturally to entrepreneurs uh, uh, now on the other hand we seem to be carrying also like two different personalities at two different places right you know like uh, while you are at your workplace as an entrepreneur you're you're one kind of person and while you're at home you know as a in your personal life you're as a different person right mm-hmm. so these come very naturally to the entrepreneur so i mean handling these work life balance is kind of uh, a difficult thing for the entrepreneurs right so um something i want to ask you i think i sort of did uh, tap into this before but did you always know you'd want to be an entrepreneur or this is something that happened by chance? Uh, I mean, I never expected me to be an entrepreneur or I didn't uh, eventually wanted to be an entrepreneur by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned, the tip of point where, you know, when I, I was working at a place, right, you know, mm-hmm. I could uh, see how the clients were very insistent on their requirements, you know, on the kind of space they would want, the, you know, today we have access to such huge technologies right so mm-hmm. uh, since technology is very handy right now the clients also have uh, the information very handy right so they have the references mm-hmm. so and at expectations the same, are also much much higher now much higher much higher right mm-hmm. and at the yeah. same time uh, we as architects also we want to be insistent on certain things you know be the design technique or the uh, design concept and style and all these things right so there is usually a point where uh, the client always feels you know uh, my points are not being taken into consideration right, right. Mm-hmm. i have, my points are always ignored or you know my point of uh, pers- my uh, point of perspective is 
uh, ignore it every time you know that's the constant juggle which always there between a client and an architect so mm-hmm. this is where we, this is what i wanted to break and i thought it's better than me uh, being in a system i thought you know let me just get into the system and you know i'll take let me try and see if i can somehow bridge this huge uh, gap between uh, both of them right so you um, embodied on this line which says that be the change you want to see in the world yes <laughs> right and yes. you just dived in so how successful do you think you've been with respect to the mission with which you started i'm sure it's still work in progress and it always will be but do you think you've fairly done a good job with uh, why you started um it's kind of been a very roller coaster journey for me uh, because the purpose with which i started and then the kind of uh projects that you uh, land up with right and the kind of people you meet i mean that's been that's been like a roller coaster right somewhere in between you also you know get lost of the purpose with which you actually started the practice right yeah uh, you somewhere you forget uh, the whole uh, purpose why you actually started the practice and you start focusing on different things you know uh, for this uh, survival purpose so mm-hmm. things like these have happened uh, for me as well you know just like any other entrepreneur so i fought there i've been there uh, uh, i i feel i've kind of figured what went wrong for me or i've kind of figured okay what is the right path that probably i need to do to make sure you know i go on the uh, uh, right path where you know i justify the uh, purpose behind which i started the practice yeah i am in the process of figuring it out and I'm, i hopefully feel you know i figure out much sooner and you know uh, mm-hmm. uh in a much uh, efficient way that i could possibly yeah i'm sure you will you've come so far so i think um, it's not too far while you figure out what exactly uh, you want to but yeah i think what you said is intent and the purpose is most important right because in the world we live in it's so easy to get carried away and to even forget why you sort of uh came here or why did you even choose this particular path so now i'd like want to uh, focus on a little with respect to entrepreneurship and the flip side of it very rarely do we ever talk about the struggles of setting up a firm right when i look at the page of tangent studio or when i look at your website it looks like wow this firm does such phenomenal work but the kind of uh design process the thinking the challenges that you face is what i want to sort of tap into so firstly i'd want to sort of ask um how difficult was it for you to make that decision of starting your own firm right i'm sure it comes with a lot of uh, baggages a lot of fears because it's a big step to take so what yes. was that like uh, i mean that it was a huge challenge for me at that point of time where uh Uh, what i call the comfort zone right i was pretty much in the comfort zone where i was earning good my life was pretty happy i had a good bunch of friends i had a good social life i uh, so my life was ideal right yeah yeah so i then uh, the point where you know that thought came in uh, into my mind where i where i mentioned earlier uh, to strike that balance right Yeah, so yeah. i so that was a constant fight that i used to uh, fight within my mind you know uh, what what can i do uh, within my strength and within my powers you know to uh, to bridge this uh, community and you know how can i get this balance uh, uh, this this was a very uh, uh, long part 
uh, fight within my mind and then mm-hmm. even somewhere uh, down after speaking to a lot of people after uh, you know you kind of get different perspectives from different people uh, uh, i realized probably starting your practice would be the kind of ideal solution at least at this point of time rather mm-hmm. than try, uh, try to change a whole i'm trying to change a system where you know there's a whole lot of people who completely believe believing the opposite way yeah so the, that that's exactly uh, uh, why i justified myself why i should be uh, doing it and while i said it was definitely not an easy call i mean though i had prepared my uh, mind i i was still very hesitant mm-hmm. uh, but eventually i know i had to do it if not today or if not tomorrow uh, down the line somewhere i knew that i had to do it so i rather thought it's better to do it now than never right uh, just like yeah. i said uh, better uh, do it now than you know than never doing it at all right right so right. that's the whole uh, uh, point where i kind of uh, held my uh, head up and i i kind of gathered the courage and said you know let me just do it uh, uh, what may come i am going to succeed in what i am going to do if not if if not right yeah. if, if there is in any slightest chance that i may fail as well mm-hmm. i would still be satisfied with the uh, thought or the intent that you know i gave it a try i did not fail without trying so yeah. i did try and and i didn't uh, and then i failed so that would still give me a better sense of satisfaction than just not trying it out at all so that's how i kind of made my decision to uh, start tunnels Yeah absolutely that's so much even for me to like take off from right it's better to try rather than sulk that you never even gave it a shot because i think as an entrepreneur or as somebody who's running your own firm or your business no two days are the same right mm-hmm. it's so completely different like you said grass is always greener on the other side sometimes True. there are days you just wish oh my god i wish i was in a 9 to 5 job i don't want to be my own boss Right. So, Very what true. kind of self belief? Um, how much does self belief really matter to be your own boss? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, first of all, it takes a lot of confidence to actually be an entrepreneur itself. Like when you yeah. say to be your own boss, it's being an entrepreneur, right? So mm-hmm. you, uh, it takes a lot of courage to actually gather that self belief, right? So mm-hmm. you could actually relate. or compare uh, being an entrepreneur to certain context right uh, where the process or the journey is very similar so it's like learning to ride a bicycle like you can uh, learn by different uh, methods right mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. somewhere you have to fall by either of the method that you are going to learn how to ride a uh, bicycle you are going to fall right and mm-hmm. that falling and getting hurt is the worst part right i mean nobody wants to fall right but right. but falling is natural Yeah. so but eventually you crack you crack it you crack the code and you somewhere you uh, start riding without falling right mm-hmm. so yeah. that uh, that eureka moment where you kind of realized you have started uh, riding a bicycle without any support you know all by yourself that's mm-hmm. just one of the best feeling that you could ride on right that's Absolutely. that's very similar how an entrepreneur would feel you know when he senses that uh, a small uh, sense of you know that success that he is going to be achieving yeah so like if you remember uh, 
uh, even like the bicycle that I was talking, you know, you, you remember those two side wheels that were attached to our yeah. bicycles, you know, so that you could ride with the support and then yeah. you could never fall and all these things. So mm-hmm. you would ride on it for a few days and months and eventually somewhere you kind of realize you're not able to listen to those uh, sounds of the side wheels. And then that's when you realize you actually have learned how to ride it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So, so yeah. Yeah. So being an entrepreneur, it's a very similar to that, right? I mean, uh, you have this support system around you, like, which is your uh, family, which is, which are your friends, your network of people and all these things. So all of them, they support you until, you know, you can get into a stage where you can go all by yourself. That's when the moment where you can go all on by yourself is when you, you become the actual entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Yes. So it does take a lot of courage, a lot of effort. I think to really uh, cross that bridge, right? Yes. To yourself. Yes, and that sense of uh, I mean, you have to get into entrepreneurship knowing that uh, you will fall, right? If someone yeah. is getting into entrepreneurship, saying you know I'm going to get into entrepreneurship without any failures, I'm not going to fall, then uh, the worst is yet to come, right? So mm-hmm. what if you get into entrepreneurship and if you fail, you're not yeah. prepared to handle that, right? Right. Okay, so which sort of um, leads me to the next question that I have. I've been speaking to a set of designers and artists and just trying to understand how this whole validation thing works, right? So as a designer, personally, how critical are you or how judgmental are you about the work you do? Because understanding that you're from a very creative field, right? Um, Of course, you're at the end of the day, it is going to be approved or validated by your client. But what is the process you sort of go through with respect to drawing the line with being critical or overly judgmental about your work or yourself? Oh, I am completely very critical and judgmental about my own work. Uh, Because there's always a little bit of fear and anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. You never know uh, who likes what, you know, would the client like it or not? Uh, Or uh, even if you leave the client's part, like even your everyday routine as an entrepreneur, like, what I mean, there's always a good fear and a bad fear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So fearing that your next move could go wrong and so that you don't take any calculated risk is a bad fear, right? It will right. always restrict you into a comfort zone. So that's a very bad fear. But the fear of, uh, you know, uh, not letting your team down, right? And the commitments you've made and the promises that you've made and the fear uh, which drives you to fulfill them, right? That's a good yeah. fear. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the thin line that we'll have to uh, uh, draw and always be on the good part of it. You know, right? Yeah. That fear of falling into a comfort, uh, not falling into the comfort zone, is a very good sign. Mm. Right. So, I mean, you you are constantly making an effort uh, to not fall into that comfort zone. You know, just do what is needed. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's where that's the kind of definition that probably you can give to the comfort zone. Right. So you just yeah. do the things which is needed and which is just required for you to just keep the show going. Right. Going, right. So yeah. that's when so the longer you stay in the comfort zone is when, you know, your your pile actually uh, comes down. Mm-hmm. I used to be in a comfort zone for a very long time during the start of my practice. Right. Because I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel secure. Mm-hmm. And eventually I started realizing that my growth had become stagnant. Uh, yeah. that's the thing about the comfort zone it will keep you static mm-hmm. uh, uh, the worst part is though we are in the comfort zone and though we are static we still try and vision uh, uh, 
something big staying in the comfort zone right yeah uh, which is the bi- bi- biggest mistake uh, i did you know the mm-hmm. safe and secure environment that i built around myself uh, in turn i drew a bond- limited boundary around myself a boundary that could never expand so yeah. this success always seemed like a long shot to me mm-hmm. i realize uh, success is something where you can't keep doing the same things over and over again and expect different results like an experiment yeah uh, you have to try different combinations uh, different ingredients until you find it successful i can't keep using the same combinations the same proportion of ingredients and expect different results every time is the formula you have to experiment so yeah. i have started trying it out i am still trying it out sooner or later i'm going to figure it out uh, but uh, i think uh, not not falling into a comfort zone is a conscious effort that every person has to make you know to make sure right. they are growing in their life yeah it's about going beyond that fear right and i think once you go beyond that fear you yourself will be surprised to know how much potential or how many things you could do which you couldn't have even imagined before because of this big demon called fear truly i mean you break your own barriers yeah absolutely and um, so because entrepreneurship like i said right no two days are the same but are there i know that you're very passionate about um, the art form or the design and uh, architecture that you create but are there ever days when you feel extremely mentally burnt out of something you love uh actually no in, uh, no i've never felt that way uh, mm-hmm. what's happened is in fact uh, your love towards one thing always progresses or transforms into something and you start loving that even more right mm-hmm. so yeah. something uh, your uh, you love towards something will always lead you into another right you will start falling in love with other things that you never even knew about right you never even knew that existed so in yeah. my journey i totally love the whole design inspiration process yeah. uh, but eventually after starting my independent practice and learning about entrepreneurship and leadership management and everything i I kind of totally fell in love with the entrepreneurial journey yeah. and currently being very specific i totally love the whole project management process that we go through on an everyday basis mm-hmm. so that's kind of made me uh, fall in love with it and i've started learning more about the project management process right uh, i believe as a person you can't burn out of something you love you mm-hmm. tend to find those small intrinsic and those small things and he wanted it. mm-hmm. it's like your favorite food uh, right i mean if you love the food as a whole mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you still try uh, uh, different combinations of your ingredients right adding a bit yeah. of more spice or more sweet etc so that you try keep uh, you still uh, try to keep your food better and better every time right yeah. so it's like if someone loves cricket Mm-hmm. I love cricket. Mm-hmm. Then once I get into cricket, I start batting, which I completely uh, love it. Then eventually I start uh, love bowling, and then mm-hmm. eventually I start keeping. So somewhere all, all you start learning everything, right? But as a whole, you still love cricket. That's the yeah, uh, yeah. larger picture, right? Right. So when you actually love something, it'll eventually. Uh, it's like energy; it can never be created, neither neither be destroyed. It will always transform into something else. So your yeah. love towards something always keep transforming to one or the other and I don't think you can actually burn out burn your uh, burn out of something you love. 
Okay, so you think it is very progressive, right? From one step to another. And I think that's something I've realized too. When you are completely involved or you absolutely love something, I just feel like it is a very uh, uh, steep learning curve, if I could put it that way, because there is no end to learning at, at all. Right? Absolutely, because, absolutely. Because it, it interests you so much that you can never switch off. This is something I think I truly believe and something I keep, talking to my students also about that in a course like design you can never switch off from being a designer it's not like nine to five I do a job and after that I forget about uh, being a designer right your thinking hat your observation yes. skills it's always switched on I mean you you are there as an architect uh, 24 by even while you sleep while you dream yeah. etc yeah. that uh, process of you to design comes very natural and very easily over a time of period, right? So right. Uh, if you started off uh, taking time, uh, like days together to design mm -hmm. something that would eventually have come down to uh, in, in terms of hours. Yeah. Uh, and eventually you might be very quick and you can probably find a solution even more quicker than that, right? Yeah, yeah. So that uh, intermediate period of always thinking or observation is extremely critical so um what is that one thing that should in india today especially um we've we've also spoken about this before about conventional practices versus unconventional practices or rather i'd say professions right yes. we've understood to an extent that as artists designers and architects it's a very different kind of a path that we've embarked on because it's a creative field so what do you think should really change in a country like India with respect to approach to art or design, architecture, creativity as a mainstream profession? Do you think there should be some sort of a change? Is it something you face on a daily basis? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. I think the whole approach towards the art and design community itself has to be uh, changed. Uh, the way how the art and de design professionals are looked upon and treated. Uh, most of us feel, you know, we are being taken for granted or, you know, we feel, you know, we are being taken for a ride, right? Like, yeah. like not to look seriously uh, at our professionals, just like any other professionals. Uh, I think it's also the vibe that we as design professionals, we, we kind of give out. You know, mm -hmm. we give space to that vulnerability. Uh, we should start valuing our time more seriously, uh, value yeah. every minute that we spend on something. You know, uh, do not spend on something which you do not feel is valuable. If you don't value your time, I mean, you obviously can't expect someone else to value yours, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's when the whole unhappy, unsatisfactory environment is all built around us. We mm -hmm. start undermining ourselves. We we go low on confidence, and that's when the quality of the work dips, right? Yeah. So people should start valuing the design and art professionals just like any other professionals. You know, mm -hmm. value their time. Do not undermine the time that they have been spending uh, to find a solution for the particular problem they have been posed with. Mm -hmm. Just like how people spend hours together uh, in a day working job, you know, like like a clerical job or a labor work or a making a case, preparing your balance sheet like a financial analyst or anybody or writing a code. You know, yeah. design and art professionals also are spending their time on working some solution for a problem as well, right? So time yeah. is time, irrespective of what professional you belong to. Yeah. So people will have to start valuing the time of the art and design professionals 
more seriously so if this mindset is bridged right you know which which brings up a balance and you know a level playing field amongst mm-hmm. the design community that's mm-hmm. when you know the quality of the work is also going to be very high right so it will bring right. up the standards of the whole uh, art and design community as well when you look at the history most of or all the uh, civilizations of, have always been uh, thrived on uh, art and design right so yeah. once you create a level playing field and you bring up the standards uh, th- there's going to be much more to the society that most one can expect right so do you think this level playing field that we are talking about is something which is a mindset that needs to be inculcated from your children or is it something which you think in professional schools in design schools or otherwise it's supposed to be spoken about do you think it's something that has to change from a grassroots level yes yes absolutely uh, this has to be uh, taught right from your schooling uh, mm-hmm. especially when the design schooling you yeah. where you know your uh, design sense is being taught how you see things your perspectives your uh, how you perceive things how the uh, Uh, the way how you can uh, tackle or handle the problems at the same time there has to be an equal importance as to how you should treat your uh, profession right uh, yeah. the one of the common mistakes that we as art or design professional professional do is we always think like a design professional right but yeah. we don't run run it like a business mm-hmm. so that's one thing which all of us should probably do is i mean you think like a designer you work like a designer but never uh, run it like a designer as well you know you have to run it like a business at the end of the day you are i mean you have to survive right you, you need yeah. revenue or of which you'll have to survive so you have to run it like a business treat it like a business but then work like a designer absolutely and I, because at the end of the day you're selling your design right yes. no matter how much love you put into that design it has to go out there for yes. somebody else and you are solving a problem for someone who's looking for that solution right so mm-hmm. you are spending your time you are you are valuing validating your time and you're giving uh, i mean you're trying all different things that are there for you know so that your client or someone can get the best solution right so nobody wants to give give them a worse solution so you you kind of put all your energy into it so you yeah. will have to justify how you val- validate your time and effort for what you are doing for your client yeah perfect i think um, i absolutely agree with all that you had to say uh, but karthik i'm just curious to know to, you've been 5 years into being an entrepreneur and i'm hoping that you're still going to only grow your tribe but were there any tactics tricks that you sort of used to um really get where you are it could be maybe a set of books you read a certain kind of routine that you set maybe a conversation i know that you are actively somebody who networks a lot right yes. so is there anything that you can think at the top of your head to tell our audience about where to begin with entrepreneurship uh, i think uh, when you're entrepreneur uh... one one key thing that someone has to uh, think about or someone has to realize is you can't switch on and off your personal life and your you know entrepreneurial life right there's nothing as such i mean if i am a different person at my uh, profession and at my work and if i'm a different person in my personal space or my personal life mm-hmm. then i should start asking the question who am i who i mean who's the real me right yeah. so your the person you are Uh, in your personal life is how you eventually transform yourself also into your uh, profession or work 
so mm-hmm. you have to come somewhere strike that balance i have kind of got this picture uh, very lately and you know trying to talk to uh, i mainly talk to different people so that's been one of my key things right i network yeah. with a lot of people and i i i keep talking to different entrepreneurs from different backgrounds uh, work life but mm-hmm. somewhere you know that can you can take a very small inspiration of that and you know you can kind of figure out a solution the kind of problems you have been facing in your entrepreneurial life right so every yeah. so everything has a starting point right so it yeah. is for you to kind of figure out what falls right into your place so mm-hmm. the more you start uh, speaking to people is when you start getting different perspective different ideas yeah uh, you started i mean you start knowing different journeys and those journeys kind of inspire you every now and then so mm-hmm. somewhere uh, if you feel let down uh, i have felt uh, let down uh, quite a lot of times mm-hmm. so that's when you know i talk to someone uh, uh, who's amongst my uh, a business community or who's amongst my entrepreneurship community i kind of learn from their journeys so i mean you need not necessarily go out there and you know tell out your problem loud but mm-hmm. every entrepreneur kind of gets that vibe right it comes very naturally to us you know we know yeah. something is wrong with someone or you know mm-hmm. someone looks so we are also very sensitive and we kind of give out solutions to people so that way i i mean i've i've been very grateful to the people whom i have been surrounded with who have been mm-hmm. kind of helping me in this entrepreneurial journey their uh, their ideas their mentorship have kind of been very helpful for me to shape up this entrepreneurial uh, journey of mine absolutely so uh, i'm i'm so happy that you know to have this community to have that tribe of yours is i think of utmost importance especially when you're running something on your own right yes. because they become your by all and end all of when you really want to get more perspective these are the people you can actually trust and go to definitely right. and i feel it is very important for a, a entrepreneur uh, to kind of have a mentor right uh, yeah. who can constantly uh, nourish that entrepreneurial mindset in you who can constantly mm-hmm. give you that support that you need uh, who can lead you into the uh, right direction uh, because as entrepreneurs we fight a lot of Uh, different fights within us around us against us and all all these sorts of thing right so right. we need someone uh, who can uh, guide us through all these uh, paths so mm-hmm. i think having a mentor uh, is a uh, is one of the key things that an entrepreneur should have um, okay. and a mentor can need not be uh, need not be necessarily for someone who should be from your own uh, professional feel or from your own uh, community it can be f- uh, from different communities from different business background as well so right. i have uh, i have found two three mentors like that you know who i constantly talk to and who constantly guided me uh, through this process so that is uh, a kind of a very uh, positive thing there and i i think that's the learning curve that probably uh, and every entrepreneur uh, should be having Yeah, absolutely. And considering you're talking to so many people, right, on a daily basis, conversing, getting inspired, what is one of the best advices you've ever received? Like that life-changing sort of a <laughs> advice that I think all of us sort of um really revelate and come out as different people. Right. Is there any sort of an advice like that where you've received as an entrepreneur, especially when you started off? Uh like I mentioned uh, earlier, uh one of the the mentors or the uh, person whom i talk to 
like mm-hmm. uh, you can't expect different results while you're doing the same thing over and over again right mm-hmm. uh, only when you start doing things differently only then you start getting different results so yeah. that kind of uh, stuck me and that that kind of always you know runs in in the back of my mind so that kind of is a driving power to me to make sure you know i am not falling into that comfort zone right and so, you're not settling you're sort of trying multiple things yes um, yes exactly you know uh, it's you have to know what is working for you what is not working for you yeah. so so uh, when you take up something you classify into you know is that making you happy or is it keeping you profitable so mm-hmm. the moment you kind of distinguish this and uh, classify it then you no longer crave about it right because being an uh, design professional i mean we always feel like you know uh, it is not worth uh, for the kind of time and energy i am putting into right that always happens you know because your expectation your expectation is way too high so oh, yeah. may- maybe something is profitable to you maybe few things are keeping you happy right so you always yeah. have to know what's keeping you profitable what's keeping mm-hmm. you happy yeah it's at the end of the day um what gives you contentment right what is sort of fulfilling that heart of yours yes knowing that is very important especially in a creative field this was a wonderful conversation so much that i took off also from you karthik but if i have to um sort of wind up this session where you gave us so much so many insights about entrepreneurship what is that one message you would want to give all the aspiring entrepreneurs maybe there are a lot of people like karthik maybe 5 years before the person you were there are a lot of people who are listening to you um thinking of starting something not knowing how to get out of their comfort zone wanting to do so much in life but due to circumstances they're not able to really dive in and do it so what's that one message you'd want to tell everybody listening to you today um i mean uh, i i can tell you from my perspective uh, the yeah. one of the core thing for an entrepreneur to start an entrepreneurship or to start something is to have a vision so the vision is uh, one of the uh, uh, core uh, requirement that you need to have while you start your entrepreneurship uh, in your life and mm-hmm. a vision that is not materialistic or quantifying a vision cannot be materialistic or quantifying uh mm-hmm. you need to have the entrepreneurial mindset to be an entrepreneur right don't get into entrepreneurship just because you're good at something uh because if you're good at something you might be a good technician but that necessarily not uh, make you a good entrepreneur right i mean that's the question that they'll have to leave with uh do they really want to be an entrepreneur or they want to be self employed is the question they should ask for themselves before getting into an entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. uh to have a vision so once you have a vision in mind that is when you start working towards your goals your short term goals your long term goals and you know eventually you also find ways to uh, get away from all the obstacles or the failures that are bounding towards your way so that's what i would like to say you know to have a vision uh, if before you start an entrepreneurship okay so for every young old middle aged entrepreneur this is a little tip from somebody who's been quite established doing what he loves and completely on his own uh, path of making a difference so thank you so much karthik for coming on board for the storyline and sharing your story 
a little of your expertise with us it was such a pleasure to have you on board thank you so much thank pooja you. for uh, calling me upon uh, this was a very exploring journey to me uh, yeah. this was a very uh, exploring conversations also uh, mm-hmm. this conversation has actually kind of opened my eye as well i've yeah. taken away a lot of things uh, from mm-hmm. this conversation and i'm really grateful for you to have me on this conversation such a pleasure thank you so much karthik and good luck thank you pooja